Vikings fans, we have a problem. The Cowboys have a top 10 rush offense. The Vikings have a bottom five rush defense right now, at least by EPA. We got to figure out how to stop them. That's what we're talking about today on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. Thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings your first listen of the day, assuming you can, because sorry about yesterday. Uh, yesterday's show did not go live until very, very late at, on, on Tuesday night. I've been having some problems with the scheduling thing, so my apologies for that. It is live now. It's a mailbag episode. Lots of fun. So go check that out. I have not been having these problems on YouTube, so if there is a show that doesn't come out and isn't live, you might be able to find it on YouTube and, and listen to it that way if you would rather, uh, or you could just wait. So my apologies for that. Hopefully this one is out on the, at the time it's supposed to be out. Uh, especially because I'm excited to talk to you. I'm, I'm excited to talk about run games. I'm a geek about it. I love talking about run games. So let's talk about the Cowboys run game. Usually we wouldn't get on to uh, the Cowboys until crossover Thursday, which is tomorrow. Still doing that. But I'm starting a little bit early on the Cowboys because it's the bye week and I can. So uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard have been ripping things up. Um, that run game is good. And uh, Dak Prescott has done some of it as well, although some of that's read options, some of that's like scrambles and stuff. So... Really, what I want to focus on is the bread and butter. And one question that I always ask when I'm starting to scout an, a coming opponent is, what are their gimmies? What are the plays that they call that are supposed to be their easiest five yards? Um, and for the Cowboys, I think they want that to be power, power runs. It, what's, what's the easy five yards there? And they have had an incredibly successful run game, even by like success rate and EPA, which typically do not favor run games. They've been pretty positive there. I think they've only had two games with a negative rushing EPA. And we looked at, we're going to look at kind of what those defenses did to see if we can't replicate that. Um, but that's really good. So, you know, on, on the flip side, the Vikings have allowed some pretty good rushing games. They got bowled over by Cleveland, um, especially when uh, at the end part of that game, they got bowled over by the Lions a little bit and had trouble closing out the game because of that, they've had some trouble against the run game. And they might be without Michael Pierce. As I'm recording this, I do not know where he's at on the injury report or whatever, if he'll be practicing on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We'll cover that as the week goes on. Um, but that's obviously a really important part of the run defense. So without Michael Pierce, how do you take down the Cowboys? And you can't take down a run game until you understand the run game. So today, let's talk about power. Power is not around as much. I mean, power has been around in the NFL since the dawn of time. I, I would have to imagine if I like went and looked exactly when the first play of power ran, I don't know if it would be on this side of World War II. Um, so it's been, it's, it, it, this is not a new concept at all, but it is tried and true and it works. So um, the, I guess, defining feature of power is a double team on the three technique. And a defining feature of defending power is trying to solve that double team on the three technique. Because that three technique, a lot of times, is one of the most important players. That could be Dalvin Tomlinson for us. Um, you know, for the Eagles, that's Fletcher Cox. For the Rams, it's Aaron Donald, right? Um, so you want to get that guy off a double team. And so part of the way that you do that is you ask a linebacker to essentially take advantage of the double team. If two guys are 
meeting up at one player, they're probably leaving a gap open on one side of that double team that a linebacker can then shoot and see if they can't disrupt the play. But it's not that easy because there's more to power than that. So typically, if you're running power, and that means you're double teaming one guy, that means you're using two guys to block one, and that's going to put you at a numbers disadvantage, right? Especially if they have an even or a, even a stacked box. Um, so you've got to get guys back. You have to get your numbers advantage back. And a way to do that is to flip the f- is, is to cut the field in half um, and start thinking of the field in halves. There's a front side of the play, which is where the run's actually going to go or meant to go. And then there's the back side of the play, which is the other one. And uh, so let's say the front side is the right side and you have, you know, say it's an eight man box, really stacked box. And you have, say, seven defenders or seven blockers. So there's one more guy than you can account for. Right. One, one too many defenders in the box, but you still want to run it. So split that up. So you've got four uh, blockers on one side and four blockers on the other. Well, now you have a 4v4 and a 3v4, and you can just run it at the 4v4. Now you've gotten a guy back that way, in, in, in a sense. You're leaving somebody unblocked on the backside of the play. That guy has a brain. He's going to try to pursue things, but hopefully you can run the play such that it's not going to matter. Um, and, you know, your running back can be, quote-unquote, accountable for that guy by running away from him or whatever. So that's part of it, and that's part of all, all zone runs. Um, if you've ever played the Madden tutorials, you know that part. But... The way that they can get more guys back is by pulling players from the backside to the front side. So if you don't care about losing that backside because you're running away from it anyways, let's say it's an outside run to the front side, you know, who cares if there's two, three, four guys to pursue, you know, trying to chase down my speedy running back, he'll outrun all of them. Um, So you can pull a player from the backside to the front side. So in power, you see a lot of pulling guards, pulling tackles, and all pulling means is taking him from one side of the play and they just kind of like stretch around to the other side of the play. Suddenly the left tackle is blocking next to the right tackle um, and that can get you a numbers advantage. So you can kind of get, now you got a five on four on one side and a two on four on the other side, but the two on four doesn't matter. It's the backside of the play. So the other advantage of power is that that, Five on four is probably going to have some pretty intense mismatches. You are bringing, say, your left guard over to block the outside of a play, and then they start behaving almost like a fullback. And who are they going to find over there? They're not blocking in the middle where they're finding nose tackles. They're finding safeties. They're finding cornerbacks. And suddenly you've got 100-pound advantages, and the guy's got to get all the way over there. He's got to have a little bit of speed. But if you've got somebody with maybe more speed than power somebody like a garrett bradbury perhaps and the vikings do do this with garrett bradbury they don't do it often they're not really a power team but it's in the playbook um you can have that guy pull all the way around and then suddenly you know garrett bradbury versus a cornerback is not going to really have that much uh ability to take advantage of like the strength problems that he has right so that's part of it as well um so the cowboys are a fantastic power team because they are they they pull two guys a lot of the time or they've even lined up offensive lineman sixth offensive lineman declares number 66 eligible and line him up as a fullback and uh you know have him pull across the formation in much the way the vikings will with cj ham so they do all sorts of fancy stuff like that but really at the core of it is there is a guy starting in one part of the play pulling to the other side of the play to create both a numbers advantage and like a weight advantage like a size advantage over there and that is kind of the the genesis of power i guess it's called power because you're you know, kind of two V you got 700 pounds of man on one three technique defensive tackle, but also because you a lot of times have more beef kind of overloaded to one side and that's how you get runs. 
So there's a lot more. I have an article at Zone Covers that's coming out that's uh, going over some tape on this. So go check that out if you want more about that. Um, but so how do we defend this, right? So this is what I have to talk about here because the Vikings haven't really gone against a lot of power. They've gone against a lot of zone. They, you know, Bengals are zone zone team. Browns are a zone team. I think the Seahawks kind of want to be a zone team. The Lions are hybrid. They do run a fair amount of power, but it's not only power. Um, so they do. They they have not seen a ton of power. The Lions are probably the most power-heavy team that they've played so far, and the Cardinals are their own weird hybrid monster. Um, so they haven't really done a lot of this, which could be good, could be bad, right? Obviously, you haven't practiced against it a lot. You haven't prepared for it a lot, but the Vikings have racked up some pretty bad run defense stats against different schemes, so maybe this one will go better? I don't know, but that's pretty lazy analysis if I just left it there. So let me talk about exactly what the Vikings can do, what I would recommend if I were in the room, and uh, we'll talk about defending power, much like we talked about defending the option, much like we talked about defending shot plays against Lions and all of that stuff. But first, let me talk to you about Get Upside, and that is a free app that can save you money at the pump. Gas prices are annoying, especially if you drive around a lot, things are opening up, you might be driving more, and if you got to keep that tank full and it's starting to weigh on your wallet, GetUpside can take a little bit of the burden away. It's just a free app. You can get it at the Apple App Store or Google Play, whichever you use, and download it. Get started at the pump. You can save up to a quarter a gallon, 25 cents a gallon. And if you drive around a lot, that adds up to like 200, 300 bucks a month just for using the GetUpside app. And if you enter promo code TOUCHDOWN when you sign up, you can get 50 cents a gallon, an extra quarter. Let's double that for you. 50 cents a gallon at the pump when you fill up with the GetUpside app. That's your first fill up. Once again, that is promo code TOUCHDOWN when you fill up at the pump with the GetUpside app. You can get 50 cents off per gallon. Once again, that is promo code touchdown. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen every day. We got you covered here on the Vikings. We're going to keep talking about Cowboys, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss the live NFL trade deadline show. Just like the NBA did on their trade deadline, we're doing our own version on the Locked On YouTube channel, Locked On NFL YouTube channel. Just search Locked On NFL on YouTube. We have reaction to every move, second half season preview, so much more. Catch the show live from 2 to 4 p.m. Central on November 2nd. It's the trade deadline. It's right around the corner on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. But for us here uh, in Viking land, let's keep talking about the Cowboys run game. Quick terminology for run defense. Um, there are three, I guess, general blanket assignment words that I'm going to use here. Spill, lever, and force. There are a lot of other names in a lot of other places. I'm going to go with spill, lever, and force. It's kind of how I learned it. Um, but basically all of that, all that refers to is whether or not you are an inside defender trying to push the run outside of you, or if you are an outside defender trying to push the run inside of you. Um, that is a lot easier to remember though, than inside outside or outside inside. It's just a big mouthful. So a spill defender is somebody maybe in the middle of the run who is trying to spill the run outside. A lever defender is the opposite of that. It's somebody on the outside who's trying to leverage the run inside is kind of the way I try to remember it. And then the force player is the guy on the very, very, very outermost part and is the last line of defense. The run gets outside the force player, you're cooked. Uh, no pun intended because Dalvin Cook does that all the time. So the force player is the ultimate lever defender, if you will. He is always, always, always on the out, 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 outside and uh, trying to contain everything and push it back into other players. So... Basically, if you are a spill defender, you're trying to win the inside shoulder of your gap. That means you go to uh, whatever lineman is blocking you and you want to stay to the inside of that person because if the running back comes toward your gap, they're going to go, nope, that gap's not there. I'm going to go to the next gap to the outside. 
And it's the opposite if you're a lever defender. You want to win that outside shoulder. And a lot of blocking versus run defense, you know, the, the battle of an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or, you know, a tight end and a linebacker, offensive lineman and a linebacker, um, a lot of that battle is just, you know, one guy's trying to get on your outside shoulder, you're trying to get on his outside shoulder, who wins the outside shoulder? Um, and whoever gets there is going to likely, you know, have, have a good influence on their rep. Sometimes, though, the blocker will want the inside shoulder, the defender will want the outside shoulder, and you're not actually contesting each other. The play is just going to be decided elsewhere. Um, that happens more often. than I, I just kind of find it fun when, when the offense and defense sort of shake hands and agree <laughs> and say, well, I need to be here and you need to be there, and we're actually both okay with that. Uh, and the play just gets decided elsewhere. So it's not necessarily guys, you know, just going and penetrating and trying to make a tackle and stuff. It's it's there's a lot more orchestration to it. Um, but that force player is really, really key because a lot of power runs will pull alignment around specifically to attack that force player. He's the outermost guy who's usually the outermost guy in, in defense. That's a cornerback. That dude's a buck 85 and you're going to throw a guard at him. He's going to get his butt kicked. Um, so a lot of responding to power might be readjusting your run fits so that that cornerback in run support still has some kind of job. Maybe they take a gap in or something like that, but the force player needs to be somebody heavier. That's where Anthony Barr comes in. And the reason I say Anthony Barr specifically, um, and not like Wanham or Kendricks or whoever, is because when I watched the Patriots do this, it was Matthew Judon. And I think Anthony Barr can do a lot of the same things uh, Matthew Judon does. And he did a really good job as that force player of just keeping everything inside of him. You want to be the outermost player on the whole gosh darn field and nobody ever gets outside of you. Sometimes that means coming way upfield because for a running back to cut way outside, a lot of times they have to go upfield. They have to run backwards a little bit to get around someone. So if you're in the way there, they're not going to test that. They're just going to cut inside where hopefully your teammates are. Um, so I think I would love to make Anthony Barr the force player. That's the thing that I would say, hey, let's let's redesign whatever our run fits are, whoever we design to be spill and lever and and uh, force and all that. Make that Anthony Barr. Make Anthony Barr the force player so that when a lineman comes around, we have somebody who can hold that block, somebody who can win the outside shoulder of that block. Anthony Barr can do that. Um, and then we can spill it into somebody else. And Anthony Barr can do that. Might not get to tackle the whole game, but I'd be fine with that because this is a really, really important job that will lead to tackles, just tackles by other people. So that's part of it. Another part of it is they just all have to really be on their P's and Q's. Um, it's really, really difficult when one lineman pulls. That means they are abandoning their gap and then creating a new gap somewhere else. So everything has to like shift over a little bit. You're moving things around and linemen are shifting and gaps are shifting. And that means assignments shift. And that means you were attacking this gap and now you're attacking that gap. And everybody has to A, get the right answer there so that we don't get, you know, two people attacking the same gap and then something's left undefended. You give up a huge run that way. But B, they have to do it quickly because if you hesitate at all, in, in a run play, I mean, the run game moves fast. That's why they are quick hitters. That's why they're the gimmies, because they're only getting five yards uh, and it doesn't take a long time to get five yards. You have to figure it out. If you want to prevent those gimmies, you have to figure it out quickly. Now, Nick Vigil, Eric Kendricks, Anthony Barr, they've all been around the block. They've all seen a power run or two. So I'm not particularly worried about that part with the linebackers. I mean, I don't know. They've had some misfits, I guess, according to Mike Zimmer, um, but I I'm not too worried about that. You know, I watching like the Giants and their really, really young linebacker cores like just totally dissolve against this stuff. I don't think the Vikings will have that particular problem. But 
is still going to have to have somebody hold up to those double teams. That might be Dalvin Tomlinson. That might actually kind of put the, the games, put, put all the eggs in the basket of maybe the best player on our front in terms of run defense. Um, and that is, I think, probably playing right into our hand a little bit. And then there's Sheldon Richardson, who's probably going to get a lot more run with Michael Pierce out. Or if it's Michael Pierce, I feel great about that. But if it's Sheldon Richardson... Power's kind of a delicate dance, and if you have a guy that only penetrates, and that's what Je- uh, Sheldon Richardson is, he doesn't love to hold a spot, um, and that's just not his game. He's not a guy that's going to sit there, win his shoulder, and just like chill there. Um, he wants to penetrate. He wants to go make a play. Sometimes I think he freelances on it a little bit, and he gets himself in trouble, and teams can like trap him and actually take advantage of that. But for this, I say unleash the guy. Let him get into the backfield and ruin stuff as you know guards are pulling around and stuff. If you have a penetration... And Sheldon Richardson gets in the way of the pulling guard. Suddenly your force player is just making the tackle. And then Anthony Barr just gets a free TFL because Sheldon Richardson penetrated. Um, and this actually has happened to the Vikings a couple times when they were having run game problems. So I, I think that's a this is a great opportunity for Sheldon Richardson to have a big game. Um, because this really plays right into the skill set we know he has. So I'm really excited about that. There's a couple other things uh, that I want to talk about when it comes to the power run game. Now, if you wanted to be really cheeky about all of this, you could go to bet online right now. You could bet the Ezekiel Elliott under, the Tony Pollard under. If you really, really, really want to get cheeky, if you believe in the Vikings' uh, ability to stop this this run game, or maybe you don't believe it and you want to bet the over. Either way, you can find it at betonline.ag where you can find all of your grambling needs, all sorts of news scores and odds you can bet that you can bet props you can bet spreads lines all sorts of stuff basketball season starting baseball world series is going on you can bet on that find whatever mma ufc stuff even your favorite vegas casino games you can find it all at betonline.ag and when you sign up and you make your first deposit you can enter promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n and get a 50 percent welcome bonus that means whatever your first deposit is bet online matches 50 percent of that plops it right in your account as free play money so head on over to betonline.ag use the promo code locked on all one word and get some free grambling money in your account bet online where the game starts also i want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet built bars are covered in 100 chocolate and they feel like cheating it's like a chocolate peanut butter bar chocolate mint raspberry there's chocolate orange if you're into that they have nine main series flavors all delicious totally feel like cheating but they're not cheating One of these bad boys has like four grams of sugar in it and like 17 grams of protein. It is absolutely cheating without cheating. Even if you're doing keto, it's keto friendly as well. So head on over to built.com where you can find all of their main series flavors, sampler box, which is two of each. It's my recommendation, but sometimes they have limited edition flavors around as well that are all very, very delicious. That's the real good stuff. So check back uh, to the built.com website every once in a while and see if you can't get their fun limited edition. They're doing some Halloween stuff right now. So head on over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. You can get 15% off of your next order and get yourself a built bar. So everything I've detailed so far is like a way to keep up with power. Like, ah, you got an offensive lineman. Well, maybe Anthony Barr can hold his own there and that won't be too bad of a problem. Maybe Dalvin Tomlinson won't be too bad against a double team, you know, maybe. But how do you beat it? What's the weakness of power? It's those pulling players. Because when they pull, they are vacating an entire part of the field, right? When the center, the middle of the field, just leaves... There's a defender right in front of that guy often. And that guy might be Michael Pierce if he's healthy or not. I don't know if he'll be healthy or not. But that that guy might be, you know, Sheldon Richardson, who loves being in the backfield. You know, it doesn't matter. That guy could be James Lynch. That guy could be anybody. But now he's unblocked. And the running back's right in front of him. Go get him. That's I call it shooting the gap. And it's 
one of my favorite plays in all of run defense um, when, when it happens. And a lot of times, now we know that Mike Zimmer allows this. This isn't a freelancing thing. This is a key. Um, call it like a pull key. And that means if you see that that player go, just run right through the gap that he vacated and uh, you know try to make something happen. Go try to make a play. And Zimmer was asked about this in a presser. They were asking about run defense stuff after the Lions game. And he said... If they can make it, they can go. So you got to know that you can make it, right? Nick Vigil has overestimated himself a couple times on that. Um, but I personally don't mind that. If they can make it, they can go. I, I like those those aggressive things. Mike Zimmer is an aggressive defensive coach. He's, he's, I, I know calling Mike Zimmer aggressive is like a real hot take because everybody's going to be focused on his like punting decisions or whatever. But when it comes to defense and the blitzes he calls and stuff, he's incredibly aggressive defensively. Um, so he's certainly not risk averse in those ways. And this is one of those coaching points that is absolutely a risky thing that I like a lot. Um, I, I think, you know, if he can make it, he can go is a, a good principle that I don't think other teams do. Like when I watch the Giants do this, the linebackers seem very, very reticent to do that. And if you watch like the way the Panthers defend this, like it's not the only way to do it. If uh, the Panthers have a pull key where that defensive tackle will just start to scrape across the whole play and basically meet that lineman um, to go fill the new gap the lineman creates by going over there uh, rather than trying to pull and, and shoot it backside. I think that just depends on the athletes you have and stuff. So I say shoot that gap and go make something out of it. Um, and maybe you can you can halt that that run game. And the thing about the Cowboys is we'll talk about the passing game more. But the thing about the Cowboys is that they really, really love to have stacked boxes. If you watch just their big plays, a lot of those big plays are predicated on making one-on-ones. This is very much a Mike McCarthy thing. This goes back to his days at Green Bay. He loved to just find a one-on-one and go attack it. You know, it was Jordy Nelson one-on-one, right? Or Devontae Adams, one-on-one, go attack it. And so the, the Cowboys love, love, love having a stacked box. And if you have to stack the box to handle power, you have to just get yet another guy in there to go, you know, take care of, you know, overload the what you think is the strong side of the front side of the play and, and you know, over overload one side and say, you know, this is you're not going to run here. But to do that, you have to leave your corners one on one and stuff. And without Patrick Peterson, that's a bad idea. You're going to get absolutely cooked by Dak Prescott. And so this is they, they have to find a way to defend power without getting cooked by Dak Prescott on the outside, without using too much of their safeties. And you can put a safety in the box. That's fine. Like this, it's, this is not, there's no absolute absolutism to this, but I think when it comes to not getting 40 hung on you, which the Cowboys have done every game since week two, this is an absolutely gigantic part of it. We'll talk more about that past game. We'll talk more to uh, Marcus and or Landon of, of Locked On Cowboys on Crossover Thursday tomorrow. We'll talk about it more, um, and as well as that Dan Quinn defense on Friday, too. So a lot of Cowboys talk coming up here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. Thank you so much for making it your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. They are covering, covering everything from the NFL angle. Probably lots of trade deadline talk. A lot of weird Deshaun Watson stuff going on. Maybe the weird Washington football team thing. Or maybe they're just previewing Thursday Night Football where the Packers are going to have to play without Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard. Uh, Maybe Devontae Adams might be back in time. Uh, Alan Lazard certainly won't. So, yeah, 
should be a fun game and hopefully you can get a preview over there on Peacock and Williamson as for tomorrow. Can't wait to talk to you. Uh, those guys at locked on Cowboys. I will see you all then. And as always skull.